Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Matt Prue from Stackmatics, your strategic growth partner. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Seth. It's a, my pleasure. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Uh, so uh, in high school, I was actually really interested in finance um, and uh, kind of in college, thought that's what I might do. But learning the culture and finance on average uh, perhaps is not, not the greatest. And I got an internship after my freshman year at a startup in Cambridge. I grew up in the Boston area. And it changed my perspective on where I might want to go, go in my career. And so since then, I've done 15 years in startups with internships in college to starting a company right out of undergrad, being early at two companies which were acquired. And now I've uh, started another company again. I've been working on Stackmatics for the past five years. Got it. Well, the longer version of that story could probably be in a book somewhere if it isn't ready. <laughs> yep, maybe eventually. <laughs> awesome. So talk a little bit about what inspired you to start Stackmatics? Definitely. So um, at the last company that me and my co-founder worked at, Mighty Hive, we largely worked with mid-market and enterprise companies, and we'd fix a lot of the problems that they ran into over time by having silos in their organization, picking technology tools that didn't mesh together. Um, and it was a lot of work um, working through the politics of those organizations to get the results that you wanted. And so with Stackmatics, uh, we have a lot of startup experience and we thought, why not help companies pick their growth tools from the get-go in a way that's intelligent and scales nicely and neatly? And that's why we named the business as such. Uh, we think that there has been a proliferation of ad tech, martech, and sales tech tools over time. And it creates a confusing marketplace for people to understand what they should use for their business and how they should use it. And so we help you pick the tools, the processes, and we provide the people uh, to help you uh, find business for your company. And our experience enables us to make different recommendations for different types of companies, depending on the stage that they're at. That makes a lot of sense. So who is an ideal client for you? So generally, we target uh, venture-backed uh, startups or private equity. Uh, generally, it's an indication that a company may be going after a very large market. 
And ultimately, in some ways, we're in the business of using money to make money as some of the things we'll invest in is advertising uh, or these tools themselves have costs. And so really what we do is we uh, partner with startups as early as possible on average to help them allocate that money as efficiently as possible because very experienced marketers are not cheap. A lot of marketers are good at one thing. And what we provide is a solution where you can test a lot of things fast and economically, and we can scale things up if they make sense. Um, at Mighty Hive, we had a lot of customers that were agencies. Um, and generally, we thought on average, they would be one dimensional perhaps, or perhaps they charge a lot for their services if they were a full service organization. And we knew that most organizations don't cater to early stage startups because they think they're too risky. And you know, 75 to 90, 90% of them might fail anyway. Uh, but that's really the problem that we're trying to solve is how do we reduce that number? And can we prove that clients that work with Stackmatics have a better shot of succeeding, uh, getting to profitability, getting to that next round and continuing to grow their business over time? Well, that's awesome. So you're almost serving kind of like a outsourced kind of growth hacker marketing department, right? If I'm Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We try to be an extension of people's teams. That's why we like to work with folks as early as possible. So we can work with the executive team, the co-founders themselves and effectively be their marketing department. And we're very interested in the trends in AI and robotic process automation uh, so that we can run a more efficient business. Uh, with startups, it's a lot about speed. You know, you have a certain runway, you have fixed costs, and you need to achieve certain goals over a certain time frame. And our business is built around hiring people that are very talented, but also picking the best tools ourselves internally and developing the best systems ourselves internally so we can get results for you quickly, because uh, speed is as important as anything uh, Yeah, when it comes to the type of clientele that we work with. So let's venture back startups. They've got capital. They've got their idea. How early are you getting involved? Is this, they already have proof of concept. They're already rev revenue generating. Are they cash flow positive? Talk a little bit about when you start that journey. Yeah. So uh, a bit of both. I mean, at the end of the day, we're very open. And we have, uh, you know, one client that IPO'd while being a client with us. And we certainly have companies uh, who are entirely bootstrapped and never raised any money at all. Typically, if a company is bootstrapped, they are revenue generating, and typically they then work with us because perhaps they started generating revenue through sales, and they're a business-to-business -business organization, and they've re never really tested marketing because they don't have that uh, capacity internally already. And so we are a growth supplement, and we can see, can these other channels work for you? Can we drive leads to your sales team and help you to grow the business even faster? Um, otherwise, it's typically... A lot of companies in this first round of funding will usually raise at least $500,000, but some of our clients have had even less, one to $300,000. And usually with their small, these smaller rounds, that's their goal. Their goal is to show we have channels we can scale profitably. We understand what the customer acquisition cost could be for these different things. Uh, and we help them to prove out that model um, in hopes that they can get that additional round of funding and then uh, really push into marketing more aggressively from there. And then do you, when you're helping them set up their growth stack, are you also then managing the process? Like, are you literally running Facebook ads, YouTube ads, you know, yes. writing copy, your people are doing creative, doing placements. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, everything. Um, uh, that's kind of the, 
business model in a way is what does it make sense to hire people full time to do? What does it make sense to use contractors for? What can tools do very effectively? And for any one thing we think about, how can we get this done quickly at the lowest possible cost while not sacrificing at all in quality? And so the decision on this varies depending on the very specific use case and it changes over time. Uh, our prediction and thesis is more and more of these things, tools will be able to get done fastest at the lowest cost and most reliably, but not all of our parts of our business operate that way today. At the end of the day, you always need full-time people because someone needs to work with the tools, someone needs to interface with the client, uh, and that's where we hire people who can learn fast and are critical thinkers and good communicators so they can think about what makes sense for a client and help explain to the client why we're making these decisions, what hypotheses we're testing, where it makes sense to go. But that that's kind of what makes our business perhaps a little bit different. I think other folks are starting to think this way too, uh, but this is a, has been part of our thesis really for since the inception of the business. And then are you ever working yourself out of a job to the point where you're like, You've grown so much, you now need your own in-house full-time marketing people? That's a good question. We um, we have seen some of that, and it's something that we think about developing solutions around. Mighty Hive was notorious for uh, being known as the in-houser, where they were actually very good at, um, if you worked with an agency, taking on that work as a managed service, but helping you to build out and to train your teams over time to take on a lot of those capabilities. Um, and what it enables is a hybrid model as well, where perhaps it makes sense to manage some things with the full-time staff and some things it could be more economical for us to do. So we're thinking about this as our clients grow, because it takes startups time to grow. On average, it might take them seven to 10 years, depending on what type of business they are to really achieve scale. And we're getting to the point where our clients are raising larger rounds of funding. They are growing. And it does beg questions of what should the internal team look like and what should we do? And at the end of the day, it always just comes down to economics. Um, there are certain things we don't do today. And so naturally, those things, it makes sense for clients to do internally. But there's always a question of how will we continue to build out our services and model over time? Because we just started off doing advertising at first, but now we do SEO, we do organic social media management. We've always done analytics, but it's not really a focus for the business. It's kind of just core to being able to measure and track any of these things. Um, and it's possible that, you know, we might become a full service branding agency. Like we have creative capabilities, but I wouldn't say we're the, we can compete with the top branding agencies in the world and that we have the experience and credentials to do that. But that's what we think about. What is the next logical hire? How can we do more for our clients? Ultimately, how can we help businesses to be successful? And who we hire and what their skill sets are matters a lot in terms of what we can do for folks. That makes a lot of sense. Are you focused on one specific industry or are you in a bunch of different verticals? We're all over the map in terms of client type. Um, there are some, generally we think of it as B2B, which ends up being a lot of B2B software companies specifically, um, B2C, um, which could be services or products. And then we put e-com in its own bucket. And that's largely just because we found these types of clients uh, operate differently in terms of what makes sense for them and the technical knowledge you need to have to manage these types of clients. 
Uh, but we have case studies on on all of these. Um, and so it's really the case. Yeah, we just keep getting more experience as we go, but we always run into new things. You know, we'll run an online pharmaceutical company for the first time or a skincare company as a business. It's worth noting that our careers have been in marketing for over 10 years and we have a lot of collective experience before the business that obviously contributes to our ability to take on these new projects or new client types for our company for the first time. Absolutely. And when you're having that, how do you get up to speed? Because obviously switching yeah. from some th industry A to online pharmaceuticals, there's yeah. a whole lot of rules and regulations and a new language yeah. you've got to learn. How do you get through that? Uh, generally, we hire very technical on average, most of our team. Uh, and then some of our team is highly creative. And depending on the type of business you are, you may need more or less of these types of people. Uh, you could be a consumer facing product, for example, a skincare company, and you could really be competing on brand. And then these creative folks and what they can bring to the table is going to matter a lot more in terms of moving the needle. But if you are a B2B software company, then you really need someone who's supporting you that's quite technical so they can get up to speed quickly on your business, who are your competitors, what are your value props. And then there's always a communication with the client. Ultimately, the client needs to be confident enough that we have the capability to do a great job for them. Um, and I'm also very, very transparent and straightforward. If someone asks, have you done something we haven't done it? I will say, no, we have not done that. But I will try to provide what I think are analogous examples that show we can probably learn this quickly because we hadn't necessarily done those other things before. And Frankly, there's a lot of different business types, especially with startups, and in some ways, everything is new. That's part of the challenge that um, we solve is when you're a startup, you're marketing your business for the first time. When you market your business for the first time, generally, you're usually in the most challenged place. You don't know what value props work. Your conversion rate is not optimized. You're, you're putting everything into play for the first time. Um, so we do the best we can when we launch. We try to learn as much as we can. We also let data uh, dictate uh, ultimately what works and what doesn't work. And we try to collect ideas from our clients uh, to make sure we're not missing anything. And they're always going to have more industry expertise. Like the CEO or the founders of these companies uh, should be able to help contribute to that uh, portion as well. With every, so you not only have to keep up with all of the latest trends and innovations in the marketing industry, but in all of your clients' industries, how do you yeah. juggle all of that? Uh, I mean, it's quite a bit, but that's what makes it really exciting for me is that uh, I'd say I'm somebody who can get bored easily. And five years into my business, I've never been more invigorated because our company is the biggest it's ever been. We support more clients. I continue to learn more and more um as we go um but yeah there there are definitely learning curves here and you know if you sell you know when your clients is in the uh aftermarket parts industry for heavy machinery then uh you become an expert in that and i know more about construction equipment now than i ever thought i, I knew i would in my entire life um so i think that's kind of the nature of the beast how many people have that experience in that specific industry who do marketing it'd be very hard to find someone just out there who's marketing themselves in that way. So um, yeah, learning is a big, big part of our culture. We have a Slack, Slack and learning is probably the most active channel where we tell everybody at the company to continuously share stuff that they're learning either from 
the nature of doing their work or stuff that they find online uh, that could be useful to the rest of their teammates. That makes a lot of sense. With everything, all the success you've achieved, both for your own company and more importantly for your clients, what's your biggest challenge now? Um, our biggest challenge now, in some ways, being patient. Um, I'd say in our first five years, we did a lot of experimentation. Uh, there's a lot of things we could do for clients, and we were really figuring out uh, what is the set that makes sense that we think can scale and that and where we think we provide much better solutions than what's available in the market. And so I'd say for the first time, we're really focused on scaling. Uh, like we know the model works, that we can hire and train people fast enough, um, you know, that we can have consistent sales. And really now we're just trying to grow this. We're just trying to go faster. Can we double the number of sales, double the number of hires, double the number of people we train? Um, but this wasn't the case even last year. We still wanted to experiment with, should we do sales consulting? Should we help people set up their CRMs? Like how far should we go in terms of uh, using our experience? Um, and yeah, ultimately we decided that this is the right level of focus where we can provide an integrated solution with a number of options, but we're not trying to do too much where we're diluting everything in the process of doing so. That makes a lot of sense. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Um, so, I mean, the big reason I started the business too, I guess I gave one story uh, related to the, to the previous company I worked at, but the other story is just, I started a company out of undergrad and um, we had advisors for our business, but we didn't have people who were in the weeds with us day in, day out, week over week, helping us to make those tactical decisions we needed. And uh, we worked in the business for eight months, at which point we lost confidence uh, in terms of how long it might take us to find success, if we'd find success, because uh, we were building a consumer growth platform and first we needed to achieve a certain level of scale and then we'd monetize. Um, and um, really with this business, I did have some success thereafter. I was early at two companies, both of which got acquired and I could have went and helped one company again and helped them with their sales and marketing like I had done before. But I figured why not start my own business again and help as many companies as I possibly can. Um, and so that's really it. I don't, I don't want anybody to give up on their own business like I did because I wasn't sure what to do next and and lost that confidence in the process and I, I think that's partly what we're providing it's not just the ability to operate on these things but providing guidance and perspective on how good is this or how fast are you moving compared to other companies um you know what is normal um, and we have a big enough perspective now helping over 100 startups and you know our careers leading up to this that we can provide that wisdom because a lot of folks we work with are first-time founders as i assume most founders are first-time founders in general Absolutely. Well, uh, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable for our folks watching and listening that might be a good fit or would want to learn more. Where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you? Yeah, definitely. So stackmatics.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm just Matt Prue on there. And uh, feel free to fill out a contact form or send me a message on LinkedIn and I'm happy to connect. All right. Well, this has been Seth Green with Matt Prue from Stackmatics. Matt, thanks again for joining us. Thank you all for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. 
He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.